0: i okay. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Sustainable Ecommerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand for a healthier planet. As always, I'm your host Giles Smith. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you'll likely have picked up that as a keen diver, the ocean plastics problem was one of my key motivations for setting up sustainable ecommerce. So there's a special place in my heart for entrepreneurs who are working to solve that problem by using or averting ocean plastics. When my friend Peter Donnelly from the Sustainability Champions podcast let me know about today's guest, I knew immediately he was someone I wanted to chat to. Ben Ridding is the founder of Cornish brand, Ulu Ocean Explorer. The brand helps people connect with and explore the ocean with their range of dry bags, but it's their journey to using ocean bound plastic to make their products that really piqued my interest. As we dive into the conversation, it becomes clear just how powerful and congruent their brand story is. And as more and more brands talk about using recycled plastic, how important it is to weave in an authentic story of impact to really resonate with consumers. So with that, let's start the show. Ben Ridding, welcome to the show. Hi,
1: Giles. Good to meet you.
0: Good to meet you too. Nice chatting with you just before we opened up here too. And I'm so excited, Ben. I love it in the rare, rare, rare occasion where I get to chat with someone from my own little patch of uh, of homeland, which being Cornwall. Um, so the fact that you're a Cornish brand is so exciting to me. Um, no doubt we'll touch on some things around Cornwall in a minute, but sort of before we get into, into the meat and potatoes of the show, Ben, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to found Ulu?
1: Indeed. Um, well, as we say, you know, the story sort of starts in Cornwall, if you like. Uh, my background uh, is in water sports, pro- not far from where your mother lives, actually. The beaches yeah. of Watergate Bay and Morgan Porth. Oh, great. We had lunch there. on
0: Watergate Bay uh, when I was back last time in April. That's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of my favourite beaches. It still is. Um, but, you know, I spent years working for the RNLI as a lifeguard there. Um, started off you know doing surf coaching and then lifeguarding and then started doing my own surf school and lessons um, sort of across Newquay and across Cornwall Um, and then that sort of evolved into an adventure center and doing more stuff around the ocean and um, from there really that's how I then ended up getting involved with products. I sort of went from you know being in the water all the time to them wanting to sort of design and develop new products to be used in the water and in the ocean and sort of my father had a background in manufacturing and my grandfather as well so you know sort of been around that engineering talk and sort of chit chat all your life anyway it's um it, it was a good way of sort of you know keeping sand in between your toes and then you know getting involved with the sort of the manufacturing side of things as well obviously
0: it's ulu ulu dry bags it used to be called cool. we might talk about the rebrand that you've just gone through in a few minutes but um for those of us here in australia um, who I don't know if people use dry bag scene I've never seen anyone use them. But can you tell us a little bit about what they are and what they're used for and 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 how you came to create those as products?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so our lead product is a backpack that I developed called the Aquatrek 36. And that started off as as you know well, down on the south coast of Cornwall, the um the scenery is absolutely stunning. And one flat summer, there wasn't any surf, we were all getting a bit bored, and we got into open swimming a bit more. Um, you know, you know and it goes like the Mediterranean, it looks all beautiful and stunning, and you still want to be getting wet and doing stuff. So, so, you know, open water swimming sort of became the flavor of that summer, if you like. And as we were going over to the south coast... I don't know whether it's from being lazy, but, you know, I'm the same with the run. I can't run out to one spot and then turn around and come back. It's the same with swimming. I get sort of very bored going from one spot and then turning around. Whereas if I can go from sort of A to B, if you like, it's a lot more fun. Uh, So I wanted to develop something that meant that we could go for a hike, walk along the coast path, and then we could basically swim back um, to a different point um, whilst carrying all of our kit with us. Um, So that was... That was where the sort of the idea for Ulu came along, Um, you know, wanting to be able to transport kit across water. Um, And that that backpack, the AquaTrek 36, you know, it sort of launched for open water swimming, but it's ended up being used by sort of paramedics, uh, guys on expeditions, people using it as bailout bags on kayaks. Just had some guys doing the Yukon 1000 with it. The sort of 1000s. Miles stand-up paddle boards down the yukon river you know using it as their oh, wow. sort of emergency safety grab bags and stuff so yeah it, it's it's been quite cool you know when you design something for something but then see it being used by yeah yeah i love the
0: idea world. of that because i must admit I, I don't do a lot of ocean swimming because i'm more like built like a brick than a swimmer to be honest but <laughs> um but you, you see a lot of people you know going back and forth and back and forth and how how cool is it to sort of take the adventurous spirit of hiking out onto the open water i love the idea I never even thought about that it's very clever
1: yeah, absolutely. It's, it's 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 good fun, and it means we're always sort of covering new ground. And as you know, like Cornwall in the summer, it sometimes it's like swimming in a goldfish bowl. You know, it's, it's like being in an aquarium, and the water goes all clear and nice. It's um, it's it it's stunning. So it's a really good way of sort of getting in the water, doing a bit of exercise, and exploring as well. So it's you know, it's created this sort of new new area, if you like, of swimming. I guess
0: coming into look, starting to look at your brand, I kind of assumed that it was more of a safety device than it was a portable take your stuff with you and then pop out of the water wherever you feel like device.
1: Yeah. Well there's obviously a sort of safety element um from my years lifeguarding. Uh, I've obviously sort of picked up bits and pieces and that's one of the things I saw in products. It was actually like at the start of Ulu, it was quite interesting. We ended up doing these open water swimming bags that are sort of small dry bags if you like that are inflatable. Mm. Um, you can put a bit of kit in them. They're only small but they you can tow them behind you when you're swimming. Um, the idea of that is, is that, you know, boats can see you, it's easy to see other people and it, it you know, it just makes you a bit more visible in the water. And, you know, that that wasn't the direction the brand was meant to start in. But of course, with COVID happening and everything else, it delayed the backpack a little bit. Open water swimming in the UK boomed. So it sort of went sideways for a bit before getting back on track to where we wanted to be. So that's interesting. I,
0: I, we'll get on to all the sustainability components in a minute because it's uh, fascinating what we've got, the stuff we've got lined up to talk about there. But coming back to that journey through COVID, you obviously started just before COVID COVID hit. And you mentioned there that it kind of took a, a slight U-turn or, or a 90 degree turn in, in the product development direction, which is interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there?
1: Yeah, um, we were due to launch the backpack uh, just as COVID started happening and all the lockdowns and everything. So of course, it was a bit of a freeze pause moment what's going on with the world is it still yeah. spinning um and i had uh, you know i'd made some of these tow floats that we were meant to be doing with some of the lifeguard services and giving them out um in certain areas for people to use for swimming so all of a sudden i was sat with a pile of stock thinking oh no you know how are we going to sell this backpack's been shelved everything went a bit sideways um and of course all of a sudden in the UK, loads of people started, you know, discovering open water swimming and all of the sort of the really positive health benefits and sort of mental benefits of getting in the sea and getting in the water, um, mm. which was fascinating. So all of a sudden it became really difficult to manufacture stuff. You've got a load of product and the demand for it just went through the roof. So it, was right. a, it went from a panic to like, how are we going to start producing more of this? Um, yeah,
0: right. Yeah. And so where were you producing at the time? And you still producing In China. Something? Yeah, OK, yeah 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 and yeah. so that becomes you know the whole shipping thing became a real challenge didn't it around that time
1: yeah and then, and then actually worse of- once
0: the lockdowns un- un- unlo- unlocked wasn't it it was those yeah. huge shipping deadlock deadlocks appeared
1: yeah it did and of course the demand for sort of outdoor goods increased as well so then all of yeah. a sudden you know with the demand going up and lockdown and everything else happening it was uh yeah it, it was an interesting time for sure yeah but right, you know yeah. so fun and exciting to live through as well
0: yeah, well, you made it through. That's the important thing, right? You made yeah. it through. And, and you know, you were just saying before uh, we jumped on how much excitement you now have as a result of being able to get back on the on the direction that you were intending to take um, as a result of having gone off on a slight side tangent since then.
1: Absolutely. But, but the good thing is also is it's helped us sort of learn a bit more about our brand and our sort of customers, if you like. Um, so it's been really good. You know, we did our first range of backpacks that we sold at a discounted rate to sort of get feedback from the market. And that's been such a valuable, um, learning experience, if you like. So, I mean, if we didn't have that feedback, I'd probably still be thinking I was selling them all to open water swimmers. (laughs) It's actually been about 20% of that. And, you know, we've had sailors using them as grab bags as well. And, you know, sort of actually getting that, you know, more sort of understanding of the market, the features that people are interested in yeah so it's been um it's been good for now this next stage moving forwards yeah.
0: i mean i've used them before um ocean kayaking we've got an ocean kayaker and just you know having 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 essentially be able to shove a dry bag in there is pretty handy so um yeah you know you can see that there's all sorts of marine based and even maybe even river based um but you know usage for, for the thing so what a cool product so I think let's move, let's move on and start chatting a little bit about the sustainability elements of this, because one of the things that I think is really fascinating about your journey is is the story that you're weaving in around ocean plastic, you know, what you're making the product out of, how you're stopping ocean plastic going into the ocean and all that. So just give us a bit of a, a, a few minutes just talking about that part of the story.
1: So um, I guess to sort of bring you back to the beginning, sort of with the brand and sustainability, if you like sustainability is obviously something that I've been conscious of, you know, I love getting in the ocean, you know, it's a big part of my life, but Mm. business wise, you know, I got a bit sick of it because everybody jumps on the sort of the sustainability bandwagon and it gets thrown around all the time. So, you know, I didn't want the brand to be going down this route where you just sort of, you know, trying to jump on, you know, whatever the hot topic is. And also with the experience of seeing what goes on, I think just in the supply chain, You know, I I see brands, you know, some people that would be claiming, you know, this is made of recycled plastic bottles, blah, blah, blah. But when you actually understand the manufacturing process, you know, it might be a case that it's 5% recycled Mm. plastic bottles, 95% virgin plastics. And unless you actually sort of pick that supply chain apart, um, it's very difficult to know what is going into a product and what all these claims are. So... I've gone around it sort of the other way, if you like, trying to start at the the very base material and then organising the supply chain to know exactly what our products are being made from. Um, And that's why it's got really exciting. You know, I was out in Asia in March um, researching on some factories um, and even there it was interesting seeing, you know, ocean bound plastics and some of the factories starting to talk about this and also just seeing... That actually in some of the factories, it's just sort of post-consumer waste mm. um, and understanding, you know, how that works, what factories we're working with, and then how to actually get the stuff that is, you know, you know when people have an idea of ocean bound plastic, they picture like a plastic bag or a plastic bottle going into a stream and then ending up, you know, that, that's the sort of picture that you have in your mind, but then the 100%. reality and the products can be so far. So what I'm trying yeah. to do is get that whole sort of beach to bag thing, if you like. So we know exactly where this plastic's coming from, where it's been recycled and how it's ending up in the final product. So yeah, there's, there's quite a bit that goes on there To
0: <laughs> Yeah. So many things that you just said, uh, you know, pick, prick my ears up because I've, I'm, you know, we're hearing and talking to brands that are experiencing the exact same stuff, right? I mean, the, the definition of ocean bound pr- plastic is something along the lines of, you know, within 50 kilometers in countries where they don't have, um, kind of organized uh, refuse collection, you know. So yeah. that can be such a broad definition, can't it? And you know, fifty kilometers is a fair way from from the ocean. So it gets a little bit tenuous. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: It, it does, but it also makes sense as well if you think about the journey that the plastic takes. I mean, if if you're in a, a forest somewhere or somewhere inland, you probably don't picture that plastic being ocean-bound plastic. But then of course, you know, it rains, you know, water, everything starts migrating towards the streams, and then it's the streams and rivers that are taking stuff out to the ocean. So I, I sort of see where the link is. I, I think the problem is, is then when you have recycling centers or post-consumer waste that's within that 50 kilometer zone. So it can get a bit muddled of, you know, was this ocean-bound plastic or was this sort of collected? Was it pulled out of a mangrove or you know, where has right. it originated from? But i but I'm also for me. That doesn't matter so much, even if it is post-consumer waste. If it is stuff that's hundred percent recycled, you know that's a hell of a lot better than being, you know, a product that's five percent sort of, you know, uh, recycled plastics and ninety-five percent virgin. So it's it at least it's sort of starting to go down the right road, if you like.
0: Yeah, sure. And so, are you? Are your products then using a hundred percent recycled plastics?
1: They will be, yes. We've got our new range that we're going to be launching in September, um, which is which is a whole range of dry bag products um, and the backpack as well, the second generation. And we're starting off with the materials that are being sourced in China. Um, and I was out at the factory, you know, where they are doing cleans and everything else as well. So I've seen where that comes from. But what the long term sort of plan is, if you like, is to be using plastics that have come from Indonesia, And um, 80% of the plastics that end up in the ocean come from Asia. So when you start looking at that as a statistic, in in some ways it's handy because that's where all of the manufacturing is. But um, it also just goes to show the sort of the, the problems that we face there um so yeah it's been really interesting learning about you know the different cleanup operations that are going on how that plastic separated i'm talking mm. to some guys at the moment and we're looking at using um blockchain technology okay. so you can sort of actually trace you know what happened with the cleanup what happened with the pickup um you know how that material is then processed obviously you can't ship um waste you know the pellets into china um, they've stopped that so there mm. has to be some sort of process before then that gets moved into china and being manufactured um so obviously getting that you, you know you know when you start working with different factories then you've got to get the technical details of everything right so yeah you go for all the mishaps there of thinking right this is great we can make this and you know you grab the material pull it it falls apart and you think, yeah okay. yeah
0: <laughs> well on that note huge congratulations to you if you you know for figuring out a way to use 100% Ocean bound, maybe even ocean reclaimed if it depending on where it is plastic, because I know from talking to many brands just how hard that is to do, Uh, you know, it is it is a different a different beast to work with, isn't it, especially when doing what you're doing, which is essentially blowing it into a film because your stuff's very thin, right? I mean, that's that would be incredibly hard to do.
1: Yeah, well, it gets turned into a yarn. So the, the plastic's collected and ours is um, RPET. So PET is the virgin plastic, which a yeah. lot of, you know, drink bottles are made from. Yeah. And then it's the RPET that then gets ground down into the flakes. Um, and then it gets turned into sort of pellets and then spun into a yarn. So it's the sort of the yarn and the weave, if you like, that's the, um, the plastic that's been re- repurposed. And then right. it gets a TPU coating. And um, when you're making dry bags, you've got two different types of materials. You've got TPU and PVC. PVC, everything is super, super toxic. All of the chemicals that are used um, to make it, you know, everything's bad. TPU, um, all of the chemicals that are being used can be recycled. The material itself can be recycled. So it's, you know, a much more sort of environmentally friendly way of doing stuff, if you like. Um, So that yarn can still be covered in PVC or TPU, but obviously you're... You won't want to be going near PVC if that's you know the the the, the road you're going down. So
0: so can it still be recycled after use if it's if it, if you've essentially got the RPET yarn moulded with the TPU?
1: Yeah, yeah, stuff can be repurposed. So um, right, okay, yeah, which is cool. But one of the things we're to get into more is sort of you know building longevity into products, and you know yeah, if people. Yeah do need to you know how we go about repairs and you know and that sort of stuff so yeah i I think that's where the direction that we want to go down more you know rather than recycling products making yeah yeah even if even if we end up turning into plant pots or something 20 years down the line but
0: (laughs) yeah well we'll talk about um that kind of service in a minute because i think that's really interesting as well so you mentioned there you're using um talking to some people use blockchain is that is that plastic bank you're you're talking with
1: Um, No, it's actually some of the guys that are doing some of the collections in Indonesia, and um, they've started using the technology now. I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called. They're out in Jakarta, but... um, Yeah, so we're just talking at the moment with some of the yarn factories just to try and get that sort of base material, so then we can ship it to our manufacturers because that's the issue we've got at the moment. You know, we could we could ship the flakes and then get everything put into our supply chain as it is, but that's not possible. So it's you know, sort of having to strip stuff back a bit. And um, I love the way you're thinking
0: about that, though, because you know. along with the storytelling has has to come and increasingly needs to come you know some kind of traceability and transparency doesn't it in the supply chain because people can say yeah. anything they want and and obviously I, I don't know how quite how hot this is over in the uk but over here right now there's a lot of focus from our HC, which is our consumer affairs authority consumer protection authority around wording around um, you know, ocean-bound plastic and recycled plastic. And the fact you have to start – yeah, you can say it's made of recycled plastic if it is, but you have to then say, if it's not 100% recycled plastic, how much is it? And so they're starting to force and pull through a lot more of the details that consumers have a right to expect, I think, with what they're buying, if you're saying something. And so what you're doing there is is providing the technology-enabled traceability that I think is awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's one of those things that obviously – you know, it just takes a while for the market to catch up, you know, sustainability, recycle. you know, it becomes a sort of a buzz. It's out there for a bit. And then it just takes a while for everything to catch up afterwards and be like, OK, you know, it's great that there's all that sort of demand and awareness out there. And, you know, that's one of the things that's been interesting with working with the factories in China um, that, you know, obviously now the sustainability and the recycled plastics from what it was a few years ago is now something that they realize this is where we can get a bit of an edge on other factories. Mm. Um and you know the, the factory that I work with, you know, we're looking at other ways just that they can be more sustainable at work. If you like, you know, whether it's the way the you know the, the staff are, you know, having lunches, or, you know, what products they're using there, and so you know the, the way that they can start making an impact. And then, of course, because sustainability is more of a buzz at the moment, it's then a, another USP for them when they're talking to potential customers.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and it's great to hear that um, you know the Chinese manufacturing juggernaut that it is, is is becoming more effective at doing this sort of stuff it wasn't that long ago before you you know you couldn't find someone that would, would work with our pet for love nor money um so yeah it's yeah, so great to hear that that's becoming more and more accessible to brands wanting to use it um and of course i'm guessing then the, the infrastructure around the factories themselves proving that they're using the pet as opposed to just doing a sneaky little chuck in of normal pet uh to make it cheaper to p- do the production which is uh, i don't know maybe that's fairly characteristic of the region um you know, you've got to be careful yeah. that you. you?
1: also very justified you know <laughs> i mean you, you can sort of pretend you know this stuff doesn't go on but you know it does you know anywhere people can try and make a buck you know they do and if there's corners to cut they'll cut corners um, but what what's been interesting now is seeing the sort of the certification, if you like, of in all of those processes. And you know, it's something that my factory is investing in at the moment with the global recycle standard, um, you know, with where the material's coming from and everything else. So it's it's really good to see that they are actually investing in that. Yeah. Um, and they're also, you know, they've been willing to take a bit of a punt. You know, in the overall scheme of things, when it comes to a brand, we, we're relatively small. Um, so you know what it's like you know with minimum order quantities and everything yeah, yeah. else it's been really good to see them you know we've invested in some material they're investing in certification and everything else and and that's obviously one of the things that we want to do once we've got this material working and you know the this new product line out is then being able to say to other brands hey look you know we've got this material all of this traceability going on if you want to make some products out of it here you go
0: yeah we were talking to somebody who on the show not long ago who was making stuff out of 100 recycled uh plastic and and how many iterations and despair days they went through before they finally got that working from an injection molding process now if you're not using injection molding maybe it's not so difficult but did you have to go through lots and lots of iterations before you got this thing right
1: um yeah with, with the weave and everything <laughs> and, and of course the problem you've got is is every time you're going through that the, the factory's you know, taking one of their machines off that could be firing out, having much yarn, you know, a day. So going through that and going through all those teaming processes has been um, a struggle, but also part the fun that, yeah, part of the fun when you do, well, I'm not sure whether yeah. it's when you think you've got there and then you haven't, but um, yeah, it's been it's it's been, it's been exciting, yeah it, yeah, and it's also nice to be doing something new, knowing that you're sort of at the beginning and at the forefront, knowing right. that you know, hope, hopefully in three, four years time, you'll just see people making stuff out of ocean bound plastics everywhere. Um, but one of the big things we're interested in doing is sort of reinvesting, if you like, in Asia. Um, we're talking to some guys at the moment that put these um, sort of river dams in, if you like, that collect plastic, yeah, I've as seen those, yeah. out to the ocean um and you know they're sort of lobbying local governments as well to get better um you know resources in place for disposing of waste so yeah you know that's the one of the ways that we're sort of going with the materials if you like so yeah. it's not just the materials but it's you know what we're doing with it outside of that as well
0: i love that because i mean essentially what's happening there of course is that is that in buying the the raw materials that come out of that you're essentially sponsoring those kind of clear-ups or preventions from going into the ocean as well so it's a beautiful cycle isn't it
1: yeah, absolutely. I think it's better for the consumer, too, to know that it's not just this, um, you know, sort of thing of buying a product and it's got all of the right, you know, tag lines and marketing bits and pieces as well. But yeah. to see, you know, when I was out in uh, Indonesia in March, you know, I was, I was with a cleanup group there going through the mangroves, you know, picking all of the plastic out, you know, which is... You can't beat being hands on and getting that sort of experience and understanding. You know what's going on, what the challenges are that people are facing. And yeah. you know, it's the sort of thing that I can't wait to be doing more of as well.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. And you know, and talking of that exact thing with regards, you know, um, what the consumer can expect. How how are you leveraging? How are you bringing all that together to into a coherent story that that a customer, a new customer potentially, can quickly understand and get on board with? Like What do you? What What's your approach to that storytelling?
1: Um, it's interesting because we're going through, or we've just gone through a bit of a rebranding at the moment. We were sort of Ulu dry bags. Now we've become Ulu Ocean Explorer, um, which is, you know, sort of getting away just from open water swimming, but being to more to do with people that, you know, enjoy being in the ocean and our sort of drive is is the more, the the closer we feel to the ocean, the more we sort of want to know and understand about it, which is, you know, a a lot of that comes from my own sort of personal journey, if you like, with learning about ocean bound plastics, Mm. and learning about a lot of the other people in the community, you know, whether it's, you know, people that are diving, sailing, and hearing their stories about you know, that w- what they've seen going on with the oceans mm. um, and how we can be part of that. So, yeah, it's an interesting question because we're just at the beginning now with sort of changing that messaging, if you like, and um, sort of the pillars that we stand on. Um, but that, yeah, the other reason it's interesting is because, you know, it it, it wasn't a route that I was go, wanting to go down before with all of the messaging, unless it was something I truly believed in mm. um, and knew that we were doing something different. So now that we've got to that stage, um yeah it, it's going to be you know sort of an exciting step ahead if you like with with yeah. how we sort of just keep that messaging sort of simple and and moving forwards
0: Re- rebrands are often very tricky aren't they but i have to say i love the the concept of the new rebrand going to ocean explorer from dry bags because dry bags kind of backs you into a corner with your product whereas ocean yeah. explorer opens it up to anything in the ocean space yeah. i mean you could go into you could make you could start making wetsuits with that you know you could start making dive fins and snorkel masks and snorkels whatever we want right i mean you could do all sorts of crazy stuff from there and still be within brand
1: absolutely absolutely um and that's what's quite cool you know and especially as you start developing these materials and going down those you know roads, and more people you meet the more you know the easier it becomes to then start making another product out of this you know i'm talking to some guys at the moment and um they've got a seaweed farm out in ireland oh, and yeah. they're doing some really cool stuff with um trying to get this is like seaweed and you know some other other material that decomposes um i'm not sure how much i'm allowed to say but, <laughs> but <just> <laughs> spill the beans ben it's okay
0: then... <laughs> it's just we're just the four just the four walls of this podcast
1: Perfect. You know, but, but but they're going through some tests with injection molding stuff as well. So you know, talking to them about products that we could be making with this, and it's also the tying them with the ocean and the seaweed and stuff that's you know decomposes after a few years. And it's yeah, so that like you say, you know, it sort of opens the doors a bit more to the product line that we can go down.
0: Yeah. So just going back to the customer question, how do your customers engage with the sustainability element, or it? I mean, or are they just purely focused on the on what it can do for them are they interested in in the fact it's recycled i mean how much do they care about it do you think
1: um that's also an interesting question we had of our tow floats when we did start off we were making some out of pvc and we had some others that were recycled plastics the recycled plastic one was a tiny bit more expensive than the others um and the the cheaper one sold was probably about 90 percent of the sales Wow. um and then the the recycled one you know being that little bit more expensive is probably only counted for about 10 percent um but you know is, is that the people that we're talking to you know you go through that crazy sort of boom um and I guess you start you know sort of talking to your community and finding your own group of people if you like um that are more interested in the, in the sustainable stuff but then it also comes down to the price point as well which is understandable you know there's so much Crazy stuff going on in the world at the moment, you know, yeah. price is important. Um, but that's also a positive thing because, you know, if it starts off, stuff's a little bit more expensive. And we're talking to those people, you know, in the end, the price does come down. So I think a lot more people are becoming aware or sort of conscious of it, if you like. But I think one of the biggest problems is the amount of noise out there and people sort of knowing what to trust and, you know, mm what 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 is you know a good purchase so you know having that story and being able to show people of what's going on in the background is such yeah. an important part if you like that it's not just a you know another tagline or strap line
0: yeah i couldn't agree more i mean showing the whole story is very important you're not going to get anywhere if you you know if you if you're not truly embedding Authentic storytelling all the way through, and and showing a rounded picture of it, because it's it, you know it's far too easy for people to say, oh yeah, made from recycled plastic, leave it at that. But you know, if you're yeah. if you're weaving in your stories of of you know being knee deep in in a mucky river in Indonesia, picking stuff out, and then and then you know heading heading to the factory and and using the recycled yarn and showing how that it's there. I mean, that's that sort of stuff is very compelling for consumers. I think to digest these days, they they want to go behind the scenes a little bit more, and you know, it sounds like you're doing. Lots of interesting things with capturing
1: that kind of stuff now. It's, it's weird, isn't it, when you start like and getting your feet in your sort of muddy, horrible rivers and wondering what this is and what that is, and <laughs> and the story starts there. But it's um, yeah, it's um, it's a uh, well, it's exciting and it, it, yeah. it's funny and you know? it what it is what sort of motivates me if you like because I know that it's real and I know that it makes a difference. So it's right. You know, I I don't want to be just doing anything and selling any old products, you know, for me to be motivated and to be enjoying the work that I'm doing. You know, I need to believe it and, and, you know, be excited about it. And this stuff really excites me. You know, I I love the ocean. The only time I get, you know, paved off um, when I'm in the sea is, you know, if you do see some rubbish in there. um, And and also, you know, Indonesia, remember being there years ago. Um, in areas that used to be cleaner, now aren't. And I remember about, I was probably about 18 years ago now, our first Sumatra, going out to this island of Simulu. And I was on this boat, it was an overnight boat, going to this sort of remote surf spot, you know, I was the only Westerner on the ferry. And as we got into this Island in the morning, um, I saw everybody just starting to chuck their rubbish over the side, And I thought, Oh, that's cool. You know, they've got a boat down there collecting it. That's efficient. You know, you don't need people running around emptying the trash bags or whatever. And when I looked over the side, it was literally just going straight into the sea. Um, so, you know, from that point, then when you see stuff like that, you start thinking, you know, it sows a seed on you very yeah.
0: early
1: on. have been thinking, All right? well, that's not right. So to, to be able to be a part of that journey of stopping things like that and, you know, moving forwards is, um, is, you know, a good, a good thing to be doing, I guess. uh, Yeah. yeah.
0: I I agree. And, And, you know, that story really resonates with me because I mean, it was seeing how much plastic is floating around under the surface of the water in amongst marine life that kind of, tipped me over the edge to being more interested in this whole topic as well you know it, it, big things like you know climate change or whatever whilst they're coming home to roost now we're seeing more and more physical evidence of that for many many years i think it's been a an ethereal concept that's really hard for people to understand but when you see yeah. it with your own eyes when you experience it because a bit of plastic's just got stuck in your in your regulator when you're diving you know it becomes it becomes a very much more tangible subject so really that story that you had there just really resonates with me i, I totally see you know where you're going with that and just thinking about it i think there's a there's a huge trend amongst divers now to carry net bags with them uh so that when yeah. you're diving you just pick up rubbish uh as you go and so that might be a, a nice little add-on uh add-on product into your into your set there if you're if you're targeting the dog diving market at any point
1: definitely definitely it's funny isn't it how we all start off by um or a lot of people's motivations ends up just being from their own experiences and yeah. it's that's the being peeved off if that's the right word you know yeah. seeing all that stuff just thinking and it, and it comes from a sort of you know a selfish point of view i guess because none of us want to be you know i don't want to be swimming i don't want to be surfing in rubbish you don't want to be diving no. in rubbish so you know anything you know small things that we can be doing to you know sort of put a stop to that or change that is worthwhile
0: yeah 100 so just coming back a, a few minutes to something you were saying a minute ago around you know the um, during covid the the cheaper option was selling 90 percent, and the more expensive option 10 percent. obviously things have changed a fair bit since then but what's got worse is definitely the cost of living crisis that we're all experiencing now and um you know i don't i'm not going to ask you where your revenue is going because c- I, I, most brands are in a lot of pain right now but what what are you doing out there that's working for you at the moment in terms of marketing your brand what's what's what are your core strategies that you think are,
1: are going yeah this is this is going really really well Um, I guess uh, one of the the main things that we're seeing that's also affordable for us to be doing is the storytelling, um, which, you know, works well for me because it ends up being, you know, using a lot of the products out and about, you know, I was up in, you know, I'm in Portugal at the moment um, and I was in Sassimbra the other weekend, you know, exploring around there and doing some open water swims. Um, so people actually seeing that the product being used um, in, in that environment and, you know, as that sort of the, the storytelling journey goes there. Yeah. And of course, for us, that's uh, marketing wise, you know, with blog posts and social media, it's, um, it's a really good way of reaching people and, and getting the message out there and across. Whereas, you know, with ads and, you know, sort of knowing whether advertising is working, isn't working, you know, obviously there's all of the costs there um i found a lot of the organic stuff um to be much more beneficial than a lot of the advertising yeah um which yeah which is good because i mean i guess it's also just that sort of wholesome or organic story if you like without yeah you know obviously ads still have their place and still have their purpose but you know we're getting people much more engaged and much more sort of interested and in talking yeah. to us more
0: yeah and so what's your what's your channel of choice is it insta or
1: yeah instagram um yeah, in, yeah. instagram it seems yeah don't have you,
0: have you have you done much with tiktok
1: uh no, i haven't got anywhere near no tiktok yeah i've only yeah. just got my head around the... instagram,
0: <laughs> instagram yeah instagram. It's, it's it's a different it's a different beast but that interesting okay so organic organic social with you doing stuff i guess i guess it's mostly you um doing some self videography out in the ocean doing uh, using yep, your product, it. So,
1: is that it try not to crash the odd drone and <laughs> yeah
0: right okay oh that's cool okay drone based stuff yeah that's that's a good idea isn't it so um what about uh, you getting user generated content as well have you have you got like a cadre of people out there that are also going off swimming so you're so you know you're essentially you're essentially influencing a movement uh, how how's yeah. that working for you.
1: Yeah, we do. And um, one of the cool things about this has been um, seeing a lot of the water sports instructors getting involved, you know, sort of using the pack, back, backpack. Um, you know, we've had a guy just out doing some stuff in Hong Kong, um, you know, training up some of the guys around there for doing co-steering. You know, and it's really cool when you see people using the backpack as their hand luggage, getting on a flight yeah. um, and then, you know, in the water doing stuff that, you know, I'd, I'd love to be doing and, you know, is really cool to see them doing uh same for the guys that just did the Yukon 1000 um really cool to see them using them as emergency grab bags um we had some other guys and this was about a year ago but he was paddling down the Pacific Northwest on a sort of a journey looking at how um small communities are um you know finding find ways of living like sustainably sustainably and how how their lives have changed over the past sort of 10 20 years so that was really cool seeing, you know, his journey go on and he, he's just about to launch that film. So looking forward to seeing seeing that come out. But it, it's been yeah, it's been really cool seeing these people, you know, using a product that, you know, started off as a bit of a sketch. And, you know, as you go through the samples and everything else and then being out there in the real world being used. I wish yeah. we had some interest of some guys up in um, Exmouth out in W.A., um for the skippers on the boats they, right. there's a volunteer group up there and you know sort of remote areas and they're wanting some backpacks you know to keep some kit dry for the skippers so we're talking to them at the moment about you know working with their, their skippers to, you know when they're responding to an emergency that's the pack they'll be taking with them
0: yeah i think probably a lot harder to sell the story the romance of it all if that's the right word to very deeply landlocked people than it is to 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 sell it to um you know ocean side people uh you know obviously places like australia our entire community almost like 90 plus 90 plus percent of our population here is based around the coast so you know pretty much everybody is interested in the ocean uh we're we're very much just an ocean going uh population here for sure but um i love that i love the the story that you know you talked about there's about seeing products in use from having you know doing the initial drawings to the moldings the test products and all the rest of it and then seeing someone get on a plane with it what what a great journey
1: it sure is, yeah. There's, yeah. There's nothing better, and that's when you know everything that you go through, and it's when you do see you've been tagged in something. Um, that you know that that's when you still get the the buzzers every day.
0: Yeah, for sure. I remember remember the first time I was out for a run. Um, having we used to make um, uh, really really super sweatproof headphones for for runners, specifically yeah. for runners, and uh, in one of our brands. And um, I remember the first day I was out running and saw someone else running past past me the other way wearing one of our headphones. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's made my day. Sorry, <laughs> well, I, took I bet that sleep. made you
1: pick your pace up. <laughs> it did a
0: little bit. Yeah, I had to, I had to obviously show off a little bit at that point. But anyway, um, so nice journey you've been on. Where, where's where's the brand going? What are you excited about working on over the next couple of years?
1: We're going to be launching this new product line at the Southampton Boat Show in September, which will be cool because it will be getting it in front of a new market. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the sort of response that we get there, and you know, being hands on talking to customers, and you know. Getting all that feedback again. And for the next few years, it's going to be sort of, I'm enjoying developing the materials. So, what I'd like to be doing is sort of having a core community, if you like, of people that we're talking to using our products. And, and having that community engaged, so having their feedback of what they do like, what they don't like, what they would like to see, and then being able to test more products, more product ideas, and, you know, sort of, sort of a smaller scale, if you like, with our community. And then if that works, being able to sort of scale it globally. So that's where the excitement is for me. And um, and like you say, with the rebrand to UluOX, it sort of opens a few more doors to us to being able to, you know, it's still all going to be ocean-based, you know, we're not going to end up yeah. up on the top of the mountain. It's all still going to be in the water in the sea and ocean, but that, that sort of pro- product development and designing new products, developing new products, and also with, um, with you know, the stuff with the river cleans, you know, being able to generate some income and some revenues to then be putting money back into, you know, sort of sponsoring ba- sponsoring barriers that can collect plastic um, and actually You know, putting some you know cash back into the the good stuff, if you like. That's putting the stop. You know, I I can't wait for you know when we do sponsor our first barrier and being able to see every month this much plastic has been stopped from going into the ocean.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's great to see that that true level of impact coming out of uh, out of brands that are that are that are thinking in a sustainable way, in an eco way, and and you know, connecting the customer story of somebody that wants to be out there exploring the natural world with actually repairing and protect the natural world as well. So it's a brilliant circle of, of, of story there, which I love. So where do people go and get your your amazing dry bags, Ben?
1: Uh, well, they can take a look at www.uluox.com um, and then you can see some more about us or you can follow us on Instagram as well. At the moment, it's Ulu Dry Bags. We've literally just launched the website last week. So we're just updating the Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, if you go onto the website, then we've got all of the links there. So yeah, it gives a follow and um, or drops an email and say, hi, I'm always really interested in connecting with other people. You know, if this resonates with anybody, anybody else that's sort of manufacturing or doing sustainable stuff. Um, yeah, I'm always interested in hearing or, or chatting to other people, even if it's, you know, different markets. It's, um, yeah, a lot of value in talking to other people and something I enjoy.
0: Love it. Well, thanks, Ben, for telling your story on the show today. It's, it's fantastic. And congratulations for you know the long slog that's been bringing out a product that is 100 percent you know recycled plastic in in there that that's it's so awesome it's it's uh, you know it puts you on a pedestal way ahead of just about every other brand on the planet and and that's fantastic so congratulations and it was great chatting to you thank you
1: cheers well thanks ever so much for having me i feel like we should be having a pasty or something now (laughs) oh don't
0: get me started pasties (laughs) are literally my favorite thing in the world i miss them so much Uh, i love that
1: yeah can't be the good cornish pasty (laughs)
0: Okay now that my mouth anyway is salivating at the thought of Cornish pasties, let's talk about my top takeouts. I really liked Ben's pragmatism when it comes to talking about sustainability. Now obviously I'm a great believer in weaving in sustainability story into your marketing, but ultimately talk is cheap. It's extremely difficult for consumers to know who to trust in regards to sustainability messaging. As Ben said, claims of using recycled plastic are rife But it's rarely clear what proportion of recycled versus virgin resin is being used or where it came from. As more and more brands either claim to or genuinely do use recycled plastics, your recycled plastic product becomes less and less of a standout. And while we're explicitly talking about plastic in this episode, the same is true for any sustainable material. Brands that continue to stand out and get the lion's share of growth are going to be, in my opinion, the ones that deliver demonstrable impact as well. But impact for impact's sake isn't enough. It has to be congruent. Ben's story of using ocean-bound plastic to make products for ocean explorers creates a beautifully aligned story for the customer. It's simple to understand, It's important to the ocean loving customer and it keeps the issue of ocean plastics top of mind with every use of the product, creating micro moments for activation and change. Lastly, if you've been holding off manufacturing in China because you're worried about the quality of the supply chain transparency on genuine use of materials, I totally hear you. But it was great to hear from Ben, even if it's only self-interest, that more and more factories are investing in certification and recycled materials development to satisfy the growing demand from their brand partners. If that makes it more accessible for brands like yours to source sustainable alternatives there and therefore more economical for consumers to choose better products then that can only be a good thing for the health of our planet going forward. So I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Ben Ridding from Ulu, I'll be back with you again next week with more stories from the world of sustainable e-commerce. So until then, keep building your brand for a healthier planet.